calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yes. Yes. And we have... Champagne. Champagne. Some, some champagne. Yes. I'm going to try really hard not to burp because I will burp oh, when bubbles. I drink anything bubbly. Ugh, I love champagne. I'll try to like stifle my burp so I'm not just like and just headache juice. I mean, actually, I hear a lot of people say that about champagne that it like headache gives juice? them like really bad headaches or really oh, bad yeah, hangovers. I hear that too. But I don't really feel like it's worse than, to me, champagne is better than like red wine. I, my best drunk self is when I'm drunk on champagne. Drunk champ- on champagne is, like, fun drunk. Everyone else I've talked to, though, is like, oh, it's the worst, it's the worst. Why? And I'm like, no, it's the b- I am the most fun. I will make an ass of myself and not give a shit. I'm, like, outgoing and, like, ready to stay up all night. I want to know what your complaints are if you don't, like... Is it just the hangover? Yeah, but that has nothing to do with how much fun you're having the night of. That's true. I don't know. Um, anyway. Anywho. This has been Champagne Corner. Um, <laughs> so, uh... I don't have anything particularly horrifying, do you? I don't either. I do have a fire in the Amazon update, though. So do I. Okay, cool. We always have the same page. shit. Yeah. Um, do we want to start with that? I was kind of thinking we could. Do you have anything else that you'd like rather start with? Well, the only reason why I was thinking about starting with something else is because I have a little bit of a happy ending to this story. Kind of, sort of. Okay, then start with the worst thing that you think. Okay, I mean, it's not bad, but um, I have some details about the next debates. Okay. So the next debates uh, have been announced. So in September, there's only going to be 10 candidates uh, taking the stage for the Democratic presidential debate. Okay. More than half the field failed to meet their donor and polling requirements. Which, honestly, bye. Like, there's too many of you. Let's weed you out. I think they actually said this was, like, a historically high number. I I wouldn't doubt that at all. Of candidates. Like, it was an insane number. We had, like, 25 or something at the start of this. Right. And a couple fell off before the last debates, Mm -hmm. and now something like 10 have fallen off of 
of this. That doesn't mean they've withdrawn, though. It no. just means that They're they... are not in the debate. ...are not in the debates, which Got is it. kind of critical. Um, so the people who are still in this are Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Andrew Yang. I am surprised Andrew Yang is still in this. Yeah. Really surprising to me. Uh, until you said that name, I was like, okay, that all makes sense. Yeah, it me. all makes sense. I mean, he's not going to actually, like, really advance much further, I don't think. Okay. Um, but he, I think, is a billionaire, so he probably has a lot of connections that helps donate it. to his campaign. Yeah. Um, Kristen Gillibrand, who, or Kirsten, is it I Kirsten? I don't know. I just, she rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. I mean, she's run her platform on, like, female empowerment and, yeah. like, you know, she was she was a loud voice during like Me Too yeah. and the Me Too movement, which I appreciate. Same, but there is something about her that I was just like, you just don't do it for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I kind of felt the same way. There was nothing about her where I specifically was like, I don't like you because of X Y Z. It's not that they don't like her. I don't like you for president because of X Y Z. But there was something about her, like, and she got a lot of female celebrities backing her, like, really early. Yeah, on, I'm too. actually kind of surprised that she is out so early. Like, yeah. she just made the decision, I think, after Well, but is she out? She has withdrawn okay. from the race. Yes. Okay. She made the decision, like, she... Because I think she didn't make her requirements, mm-hmm. uh, she decided to kind of, like, gracefully step down, which okay. a lot of people are not doing. Like, I mean, more power to her for um, that. Yeah. De Blasio, I think, is his name. He's, like, the mayor of New York. Yeah. He uh, is not doing that, and a lot of people are like, please, please, please. Like, yeah. It it looks bad. It looks ungracious at this point for you right. to like continue I think, trying to do this. I mean, that's what we talked about in the very beginning of all of this. Was like something Bernie Sanders said was like the main focus that we should be, you know, zeroing in on is making sure that we have somebody who will take Trump down. You know, it can't be a selfish, completely selfish race. Of course, it's going to be selfish right. I mean, a little, and but. and the thing is, like, there's a lot of people. Um, someone stepped down, I think, a couple of weeks ago and decided to go try for his Senate seat in his state, which, like, there's a lot of people who, like, you should stop trying to be president and And go back to to your state and and take your state back in, like, the Senate, you know, in these, like, Senate races, because, like, right now there's a Republican, you know, representing your your state or your um, state state. or whatever. that's a really good idea. And you know what? And... I actually really liked O'Rourke post the El Paso shootings, like the way that he kind of like, he went back and he handled that. And I liked the way he did that. But I feel the same way about him. I'm like, I feel like you need to go back to Texas and, you know. Work on Texas. Work on Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like he would make a great VP, though. I think he'd make an all right VP. He and Pete Buttigieg, I feel like, would be good VPs. I think Buttigieg would be a good VP. Buttigieg is very, like, not very centrist, but more centrist than a lot of the other candidates. Yeah, him he's and, very clear him about and his. Harris. Yeah. And I feel like they would pair up nicely with a more they liberal would. candidate because it would help balance that out, yeah. you know? Yeah, still love Pete, though. Um, I'm all right with Pete. I mean, I don't know. I'm not wild about him, but I'm okay with him. Um, but Gillibrand did say that she will be, because she had quite a bit of support, which is why I'm... I'm a little surprised that she was unable to meet her requirements, but um, she did say that she will be backing another candidate. She hinted that that will possibly be a female candidate. She would really like to see a woman in office. I hope that's uh, Elizabeth Warren. I hope so, too. Warren has been gaining so much support. I think she's either, like, one point ahead or one point behind Biden right now. 
So, which is surprising if Biden is still doing doing so, so well. well. He has that man. That name recognition will go far. And yeah, for people who don't know anything else other than the name, right? Yeah, and he is the most centrist candidate. Yeah. So he is going to uh, until he does something dumb and completely fucks it up, which he's been doing a good job of I with mean. like minority <laughs> communities. Yeah. Until you know he really messes something up, he is going to have that kind of, like, centrist yeah. middle-of-the-roader vote. It's just funny, because the kid that I take care of, we were talking about the election, and I was trying to explain to him the best I could about, like, what stage we're in. And right. telling him how many candidates there were, and the debates are going on, yada, yada, yada. And he asked me who I wanted for president, and I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure yet. I have to kind of keep weighing my options. And I was like, well, what about you? Who do you want to be president? And he's like... I would say Biden or Sanders. Oh, wow. I'm like, of course, the two names that are, like, so well-known. But I just thought that was really cute. He was it, like... It is cute. I would have to say, in my professional opinion... I think that's so interesting. Now, I mean, it's interesting, and it also makes me a little sad. It makes me happy and sad. I'm happy that, that kids, kids are, are aware. That kids are more engaged, but it also makes me sad because they're more engaged because they have to be because of the kind of climate that we live in right now. But I wish I had been... Like, I, I was so aware I. Yeah. to a point when I was yeah. younger. But I wish that my parents had had more discussions with me about how all of that worked. Because when I got older, I didn't really understand. I'm still struggling to understand a lot of the politics Agreed. that go into an election and things like that. So I wish that I'd had more of those conversations. But his parents are very vocal about well, it. Well, they should have been better at teaching us that in school. I feel totally. like they didn't do a good enough job, like, teaching us how all of that worked. Like, and teach us how to pay our taxes, man. Yeah, focus more on how elections work and how our government works yeah. and focus less on, like, long-form algebra because mm -hmm. I don't use that in my life at all. And you should nope. be arming your citizens with knowledge on how their government works, you this know? This is why teachers are important. Okay. Yeah. Go on. My apologies. Oh, no, I'm, I'm done. That's You're it. done. Yeah. Well, let's update the good people of your angry neighborhood feminist on what's going on with the Amazon fires. And isn't there something called, is an Amazon fire stick, right? The company Amazon? Yes. Which, if you Google Amazon fire, it's like the first thing to show up, which is know. super sad. It is, because I was writing it, and I was like... Amazon Fire. Isn't that a product? It is, yes. Um, so the Brazilian government has developed, has deployed 44,000 troops to help fight the fires. But then also, world leaders from the G7 summit in France offered a $22 million aid package to help combat the fires. And the French president, Emmanuel Macron, said, The Amazon forest is a subject for the whole planet. We can help your rainforest. We can find the means for the economic development that respects the natural balance, but we cannot allow you to destroy everything. Then the Brazilian president, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, his chief of staff said that the money would be better put to use reforesting Europe. Did you read that? I didn't read that. I mean... Oh, sorry, reforesting, not deforesting. I can't remember what Oh, I you said, said reforesting. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and... The donation from France caused Bolsonaro to accuse France of treating Brazil like a colony. Um, his chief of staff also said, like, made a jab at France, saying that they couldn't even prevent the fires at the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yikes. Which I'm like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, yikes. I mean, I have heard that a lot of... There's been a lot of talk in Brazil about this is a Brazilian problem. Yes. Everyone needs to stay out of it. Like, this yeah. isn't your business to come in here and save us, essentially. Like, this, right. like, white saviorism kind of, like, coming into this country and trying Which to I save get. it. However, however, like, what Macron was saying is that 
the it, it is a global issue, yeah. not just an issue for Brazil, because the Amazon rainforest represents the globe's lungs, you exactly. know, because they supply so much oxygen uh-huh. to the country or to the world. Um, so, and I, I, I do agree with that. Same. I think that Bolsonaro is just a stubborn fucking man with a huge ego. Oh, agreed. Who just doesn't like at all that people are telling him what to do. He wants to do it his way, even if it's not the right thing to do. He's not going to budge, is what I see from him. He's just a very stubborn, stubborn man-child. Yeah, so he's basically saying he will not accept help unless he gets an apology. Yeah. Which is so fucking stupid. Like, you are a child, And he didn't really say, as far as what I've read, it didn't sound like he was attacking Bolsonaro directly. It seemed like he was trying to convince him to accept the help. I think they got into it a little bit at, like, the G20 summit, where they were trying to come up with a resolution at the G20 summit. I could have this wrong, but this is what I recall from having read about it where they were trying to come up with a solution at the G20 summit for a lot of environmental issues, and Macron did say something to Bolsonaro, basically saying that he, like, questioned his um, efforts in environmentalism, which he should. Like, because what he has done has caused these fires. Right. You know? And I do want to address just really quickly that, like, yes, um, we heard you. We did get a a message talking about, like, you know, wanting us to go in more detail about, like, uh, the effects of meat consumption on these fires. And it it is, it's true. Um, They have contributed to these fires because the more I read about it, the more they're clearing land for, like, cattle and things, for, like, yeah. cattle production. And so it's true, like, beef consumption is uh, an issue. So yeah, it's I've not been, something we are trying to ignore right. or not bring up. I've been eating a lot of, like, like, I made burgers the other night. We used, like, the Beyond Burger mm-hmm. meat. I've been trying really hard to limit my buying and my consumption of, like, red meat and beef and things like that because I think that's a very small way to help. I've been telling a lot of, like, I told people I work for that that's a good way to help, and a lot of my friends. Yeah, if everyone just did their best to, you know, not consume as much, it would go a long way. So we didn't want it to come across as though we were ignoring that. Yeah. Um, It is a big part of the problem. You know, it is part of what has caused these fires. Exactly. Is this huge kind of, like, beef industry across the world. Right. Um... Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course. I mean, I typically think he's he's probably a, a huge dick. But um Oh yeah, but at least environmentally. Environmentally he he's pretty sound. Gives a shit. Look, we're all <laughs> complex human beings. Exactly. And he's probably shitty in many ways, but in this one facet, he gets it. So, he pledged 5 million dollars to mm-hmm. combat uh the Amazon rainforest fires, which is really amazing. Did they accept it? Um I don't know. Earth Alliance was created last month by DiCaprio and phil- philanthropist Lorraine Powell-Jobs. Is that Steve Jobs' wife? I wonder. Couldn't tell you. Uh, and Brian Sheath. And on Sunday, it launched the Amazon Forest Fund in an announcement on their website. So they are seeking donations for the Brazilian rainforest. I don't know if they'll be accepted or not. Yeah. Um, I bet you Bolsonaro will have a slightly different, like... Um, a celebrity. Right, it's different than a government coming in yeah. and, like, telling you what to do. Right. 
So we'll see. We'll see if that works, but I do think it's a it's a great gesture. And then the other thing, the kind of thing that made me a little happy, because when we talked last time about these fires last week, um, we had mentioned that in Ethiopia they had planted like 300 trees or something like that. Uh, it was like 300 million. Oh, yes, you're right. 350 million. Yes, you're yeah. right. M- my bad. Um, they, yeah, in Brazil they planted 350 million trees, and we discussed that last week. Yeah. Uh, this week, I believe, Indians planted 220 million trees in wow. a single day to combat climate change. So this was in uh, Lucknow, India. Okay. They planted 220 million trees on Friday in a government campaign to tackle climate change and improve the environment in the country's most populous state. Nice. So that's amazing. So I kind of yeah. wanted to end it on... A good note as far as, like, there are people out there really trying yeah. to combat this. It's, yeah. it's, an uphill, it's an uphill battle. I don't think we're ever going to be able to undo the damage that we have done in the rainforest. And right. that is very scary because something that we didn't really touch on last week was that not only is it a global issue because of the amount of, like, oxygen that it produces and the amount of, like, carbon dioxide that it absorbs, but it is also, the Amazon is home to so many, like, species of, um, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, we did, we did mention it very, very quickly last week about the indigenous people and the animals that are living there that are suffering. Right, but, like, the ecosystem in the rainforest is so unique and it houses, like, so many, um, animals... And, like, insects and, like, ecosystems that cannot be found anywhere else. So with the destruction of the rainforest, like, we are going to lose so much. Like, so much. And, like, yeah, yeah, of course, there's so much to cover with this. Because, yes, with the indigenous peoples, this is essentially, like, a genocide. Yeah. Because, like, no one is doing anything in in Brazil, as far as I have heard, to make sure that these people are safe and taken care of in any way. I don't think they care. Um... So, yeah, I mean, and if you're a listener from Brazil, I know we have quite a few um, Latin America, South America, um, American listeners. If you are a listener from Brazil, please write in and let us know. Please like, if you do. have firsthand or, you know. And when I say I don't think they care, I mean the government. Right, the right. Individual of, of, Brazilian people. Of I just want to clarify. <laughs> but that's kind of why I would love to hear, like, what do the people actually think of this yeah. situation? Like, oh, I totally what, agree. how do you guys feel? Because it really is, the media really is framing it here in America as though Brazil, like, is like, fuck you guys, I don't want any help. Yeah. Like, don't come in here. It is a colonist, like, colonizer attitude. Yeah. Um, and is that really what you guys are thinking, or do you want aid to help? put out these fires like what's what's up yeah i agree i would love to hear more of that um on a lighter note uh did you hear well we posted about laura spencer from good morning america and what she said about prince george taking ballet classes what the fuck yeah so for those of you who haven't seen it she is talking about prince george's like new school curriculum and he's taking you know science and math and all the usual classes and then she's like and he's taking ballet (laughs) and everyone's laughing oh it's so funny and it really was like it seemed like a grown woman bullying this child for something that he really enjoys how the fuck in 2019 is that a bet that you think is gonna be safe for you yeah exactly and so the next day she actually did take to instagram 
come and apologize. But during that time, when, like, the day of, when it was getting crazy viral, um, a bunch of dancers, male dancers, got together, uh, specifically these two male dancers, Charlie Williams and Sam Quinn, and they, like, they arranged this open-air dance class in front of the Good Morning America studios in Times Square. And then... Laura Spencer sat down with several famous male dancers, um, including Travis Wall, who is an amazing choreographer. Yes, yes. I remember um, him from, like, So You Think You Can Dance? He's, he choreographs yeah. for them now, too. Um, Fabice Calmels and Robbie Fairchild. And um, they c- kind of were able to speak their minds about it and she apologized and said that she you know she does think that people should be able to do what they want and like do what they love you know what i get kind of sick of this fucking cycle though where like you get called out for some fucked up shit you said yeah and now you're sorry about it where i'm like you should have never said it in the first place yeah most normal it's 2019 most normal brains shouldn't even be thinking that way. Yeah, she like, should have... an antiquated notion. She should have done the opposite and said, I think it's really great that we have a young boy in a place of power who's um, enjoying his time doing ballet because I know so many young boys maybe teased about it. Right. That would have been a better way to go about like, it. And also, like, isn't it amazing that this school's curriculum, like, allows that? Like, isn't yeah. that incredible? You live in New York City. Yeah. Like, how... The land of dance yeah, and musical like, it, theater. It's so, it's so, like, strange to me that that would be something that she would even think about. Like, yeah. That that is, that is a position that she would even hold, given yeah. that, like, there are so many male dancers in New York. Yeah. And they're insanely, insanely talented. And it's yeah. just, it's such an archaic view. Like, I thought we got over this with fucking Billy Elliot. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, like, when that movie came out in yeah. the fucking 80s or exactly. 90s or whatever. Like, what no. are you doing? Well, and it was interesting because I was actually watching this week's episode of So You Think You Can Dance before I came here. And there's this dancer named Gino who I'm obsessed with. He was on Dance Moms when he was younger and now he's like killing it on the show and he did a really really beautiful contemporary piece with his female partner and the executive producer and creator of the show Nigel Lithgow um as he was giving his positive praise for this dance for Gino and his partner he was kind of like Gino have you ever taken ballet classes and he goes all my life and um Nigel kind of took the moment to express how horrible it was for somebody to chastise a boy for wanting to take dance and how he has a four-year-old nephew who loves taking ballet classes and how it just warms his heart and it's so beautiful and um i didn't write it down because i literally watched this like right before i came here but gino said something where he was just like basically not in the words i'm about to say but basically like i'm proud of it like i want to be the change i want like look at what i'm doing well some of the most talented dancers i know are are men? That's what I think like about figure a, skating too. A lot the of male the figure skaters are dancers. like yeah, insane. Yeah, so I I just I don't know. I just think that this is insane. And like we we talked about women in sports, and I think we also like touched on gendering sports at, yeah. at that time. And we also did a, a an episode on gendering children where we touched on that as mm-hmm. well. But to me, look like. A sport is a sport. Like, you are pushing your body But people don't this... think of dance as a sport. But, it, I mean, okay, it's not a sport in the same way that, like, there are other sports, but it is a... 
you are pushing your body to yeah. these like limits. I would say it's still very athletic. It's it's incredibly athletic. Like it's an insane talent. I have been doing musical theater all of my life. I have been in dance. I'm in dance class right now. I'm still not a good dancer. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's this athleticism and this talent. Yeah, that, this like natural abil- that ability that you have to have to be a good dancer. Yeah. And why we would ever gender that whenever everyone has been given like different gifts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like if your gift is to like be a great dancer, that should never be gendered. Right. You should never like if you're good at something and you enjoy it, like that that's taking something valuable away from like the everybody world yeah. to enjoy. Like when you explore your talents and show people your talents, you're bringing other people joy. And also, male dancers have existed forever. Forever! And always will. Uh, and so it's just a fucking weird thing that we're even having this conversation it's in 2019. So weird. Like, it's just a weird, weird thing. Very. <sighs> Do you have anything else, Keegan? That's it. That's all I got. Awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for listening for to another mini episode. If you have any sister solidarity stories, if you have any comments on this week's episode, if you have anything that you want to say to us, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Get us on Instagram. You can direct message us, message us there as well at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamf Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. Go ahead and rate and review us on our business page. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would really love it. Love it. Love it so much. Uh, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen. Helps us out just a little bit. So again, thank you so much for listening. With all of that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.